Hey, so I know some of you. It's kind of a joke because I'm on the welcome team, so I know most of you. But um, yeah, Grant, been here for like five years or so, I would say. And I feel like over the last, the last little while, um, I, I, I want to say why I come to Sank because the last little while, it's been more and more apparent to me that God is doing something. And like I studied Matthew at one point not so long ago, and it talks a lot about the kingdom of God. And I was super confused. I said, well, what is the kingdom of God? It's just like, it's really nebulous, like this confusing thing. And I, I, I was like, at some point I came to the conclusion, the kingdom of God is this, it was us, like we are in the kingdom of God. And it's working, um, it's just working in our world, but it's like, it's not a thing you see right in front of you. And so I, I, I was like, this is the reason that we need to come to Sank. It's not, this is the reason I need to come to Sank. I, I need to be reminded that God is doing something and he's doing it through us. And I, and I need to offer up my time and my praise and like give something to his work. That's why I'm here whenever I can be. And that's why I've been here for five years. And that's why I want to, every person that comes through the door, I, won't, I, I need to talk. There's something in me. It's like, I need to talk to these people. I need to know their story. Like, I genuinely want to know where they're coming from. It's not, I'm not here to just like, I don't know, to be fed. I'm not here to, to make friends, but this stuff happens. I'm not here to like get a girlfriend or like, like, I'm I'm not here to 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 just hear a great message or 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 hear awesome worship and all that stuff happens and that's wonderful, but there's something more to it. You know what I mean? There's like something powerful in us taking the time to show up and give it everything we got, singing truth that about something that matters that not everyone realizes matters, um, and. I, I, we need this, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I love that we want to set up an atmosphere where everybody comes in, is loved, and like everyone is wanted, and that's just not something that's like out in the world all the time. So, um, anyway, that's what I'm about, and that's why I'm here, and thank you for listening. Hello everyone, my name is Emily, and I've been coming to SANC for about a year, but I want to tell you that I've been dealing with generalized anxiety for about four years. So my junior year of undergrad, I was, like many college students, totally overcommitted, too many classes, too many extracurriculars, and instead of, you know, cutting down on things and really looking at my priorities, I tried to do it all. And it started with staying up late, so staying up till 2 a.m. to try to get everything done. And then I started skipping meals and not eating because I had so many things to do. Finally, I got so anxious and nervous. I was throwing up before all of my exams. I once had a panic attack in my exam. And if you've never felt that, it's basically like having heart palpitations. You feel like you can't breathe. You can't think of anything else but what's going on right in front of you. And it finally all came to a head on my birthday. I went out to dinner with some friends, just with people who I knew really enjoyed being around me, 
and people I enjoyed being around. Um, but all I could think about was all the things I had to do, and I felt so guilty for taking time to be with my friends instead of working on my projects or working on my homework or doing something else. And that night, I just went to the bathroom, and I was throwing up and crying, and all my friends were still at the dinner table at the meal, and they had no idea because I didn't tell them. Because that's what anxiety does. It lies to you. It tells you that your friends don't care about you, that you're not working hard enough, that you're not good enough, that anything that you try is going to fail, that this is happening to you because you're not faithful enough, you're not trusting God enough. And that is not true. So after that night, I went and I called my parents and I just said, here's what I've been going through and told them everything. And because my faith is something that's important to me, I went and, you know, Googled anxiety plus Bible <laughs> to see what came up. And, you know, there's all the verses that, you know, 365 verses of not living with fear and do not be anxious and afraid. And if you're someone that those verses really speak to and it really helps you, I'm really glad. But for me, I felt like it wasn't working because what I was looking for was a cure. I was looking for a quick fix. I just wanted it all to go away for God just to magically take it away. And what I learned is there's no cure. It's hard work, like, unfortunately, uh, most things in life. So um, tonight I want to share with you some of the verses or concepts that actually did really help me. Um, one is that we're the body of Christ, and whenever one member or one part of the body is hurting, the whole body hurts. So one of the reasons that my anxiety was so bad is because I was isolating myself, and I wasn't telling my friends or my family, the people who cared about me, what I was going through. But if you're going through something like that, I encourage you to do that. Communicate. I remember the first time I told my friend, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just having a really bad time. I, I know we promised we'd meet up, but I can't. She was like, oh yeah, that's fine. It's, it's, sometimes it's that easy. Um, so just maybe calling up a friend and say, hey, you know, do you have time just to talk or listen? Or if you are a friend and someone comes to you, you don't have to know the words to say, just be willing to listen to their story. Another kind of idea that really resonates with me is this idea of seasons in Ecclesiastes, you know, a time to sow and a time to reap. Um, I'm from Indiana, I'm from the Midwest, so I know a bit about farming, <laughs> yes! <laughs> so today, today um, it's all tractors and GPS, but I'm sure back then sowing or reaping, sowing was really hard, you know, you have the sickle and you're going through the dirt and you don't really see the results of what you're doing, all you see is the hard work and the dirt. And that's something that really resonates with me because it is the hard work. Um, so after that junior year, I started seeing a therapist. I got on anxiety medication, and it really helped after that. I was able, since I kind of had my anxiety cut down, I was able to um, deal with it a lot better, make better decisions, cut out some of my extracurriculars so I had more time to focus on me and my health. And um, this summer, I was feeling really good. I had stopped taking my medication. I started going to my therapist a little less came back to, I'm in grad school, so I came back to a grad school quarter and just kind of got flattened. So um, I started going back to my therapist more. I started taking my medication again. I thought, oh my gosh, I, I thought it was better. I thought, am I just really this bad at this? Did I fail? But it's not, you're in different seasons. And then I was in a, reaping, a sewing time, time to do that hard work. And now I'm doing a lot better, thankfully. So <laughs> feeling a lot happier. So if you're in that time, I hope that you're willing to talk to other people. And it is hard work, but if you reap, you definitely will sew. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, okay. uh, my name is Jess. Um, I am an associate marriage and family 
therapist in training though, so um, <laughs> still got halfway to go. Um, I'm also, um, I've been at SYNC for about a year, I would say. I don't know, I don't know why I'm looking at Mark. Um, I've been here for maybe a little under a year and I went to Brazil um, over the summer with the SYNC team. And um, I'm also part of the prayer team here. So um, I'm gonna talk about feelings today. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, something that's really been on my heart to share is that a lot of the um, people that come in, and uh, I'm gonna throw myself in there too, a lot of the people that I do see coming to therapy and the biggest issue that they struggle with is shame. I know if I made anybody uncomfortable saying that, I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that's definitely something that precisely because it is uncomfortable to talk about that we don't really ever like deal with or process. And I've thought a lot about kind of what that means in, term of, in terms of like psychology, but also with spirituality. And so um, I, was, I was working at Christian Counseling Center um, a few years ago, and one of the therapists opened up her house for this like Good Friday meditation. Her house is amazing. And um, so um, I was sitting outside, just like spending time with the Lord, all cozied up in her chair in her insanely warm blankets. And she had this beautiful oak tree out in um, her backyard and it was kind of off this cliff and I was just staring at it and just like meditating and thinking about God and um, for like all of a sudden as I was meditating I kind of got this image of um, Judas and this is <laughs> I'm so sorry to keep making you guys all uncomfortable but um, <laughs> he, the picture was Judas like hanging from the tree and I was like oh god like that's so morbid like why am I seeing this or what like yeah so <laughs> um I was like praying about it and I was kind of like what does this mean and why are you showing me this and kind of as I was meditating and writing it just started uh coming out of this idea that Judas in his shame took his own life and that Judas in his shame said that my sadness, my guilt, my belief that I am unworthy of being loved, that my actions are unredeemable, has led me to this place. And as I was continuing to meditate on this, I saw on the other side of the tree that Jesus was just leaning back on the tree. And he was turned around and he had his hand outstretched to him and yet it was already too late. And as I was meditating on that, I was like, what is God, like, what are you trying to say? Or what does this mean? And what I heard him say was that when we get lost in our shame, right? Or when we think, oh, like, our junk is so big. Like, how can God fix this? Like, I am so unredeemable. This is, this is the death of me. Like, you cannot fix this, right? Shame can make you feel that way and want to hide, but what God was saying was just that, he's like, Jess, like, why are you so prideful to think that your shame is bigger than me and my love for you? Like, that's pride. 
And I was like, oh my God, this is like the trifecta of uh, like terribleness of like pride, shame, and death. But um, <laughs> God went there, so I was like, okay, fine. Um, and I realized that, yeah, like, you know, like when I get like caught up in my shame or I don't feel worthy or good enough, right? That I just want to hide away and say, oh God, like you don't, you don't want this, right? Like, how can I bring this to you? Because how can this be acceptable to you? Or how can you still love me? How can I still be deserving of all of the amazing good things you do for me? And he's shown me time and again that just as long as I go to him and say, okay, I'm going to take my pride down a few notches and come to you and say, God, like this is where I'm at. Like, this is my brokenness. And I trust you and I trust that you love me. Right? He has been so faithful and prayer team plug right here. Like there are some spiritual powerhouses here on the prayer team. So if you guys ever need it, they're all back there and I use them. <laughs> but like every time I've gone to God with my shame and with my brokenness saying, Do you still want this? Am I still good enough? Will you still love me? He always will send somebody or something to be like, Jess, like, I see you, I see your heart, and I want you to know that you are loved. Like, even yesterday, um, I, uh, I was, like, kind of, like, feeling a little down, and um, we did this worship night at Evangeline's house, and she just, like, comes up to me, and she's just like, you know, God, God wants me to know, or God wants me to tell you that, like, he loves you and that whatever happened in the past doesn't matter. Like he just wants you to keep your eyes on him, move forward, and that like he's he's with you. And after I just kind of like when I went home, I was like, okay, wow, like that really spoke into my heart. That really helped me say, like, see myself the way God sees me. And like I'm gonna commit to this again. Like my sh my shame is not bigger than God's redemption. And like super spooky, but Evangeline texted me being like hey, like, Jesus is proud of you. And it was just, like, God's way of saying, like, I hear you and I see you. And with that, thank you very much for your time, and I hope that the next speaker makes you guys feel a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. My name is Sarah. Um, if I don't know you, um, I'm also on the welcome team. Um, and unlike the people before me, I brought up my little notebook because I can be really wordy, so to keep myself on track. Um, so um, my story, um, although I grew up in a Christian home, um, it really kind of started back when I was 11. Um, I was in a um, really serious car accident and almost lost my life. Um, and that story takes more than five minutes to share, um, so I won't go into all the details of that. Um, but what I will say is that um, this really taught me about who God is and um, just what he can teach you through a painful experience, that um, goodness can come out of that. And I really believe that goodness can come out of pain, um, that God makes everything good, just like he says in Romans 8, 28, um, even if it doesn't seem like it at the time, even if. Um, I fully believe that um, God has taught me a lot of things through this. Um, he's taught me that um, he has a purpose for me. Um, I don't think he would have saved me from that experience and brought me back um, if if he didn't have something for me here, if, he, if there wasn't a purpose for me. And there's a purpose for, for all of us. Um, 
but he reveals that purpose over time and in his time. And so um, I just want to encourage you that if you're searching, if you're not sure what your purpose is and you're trying to figure it out, whether you're newly in college or many years out of college, um, God is still guiding you in that um, and um, is using everything that you have been through and everything that you are today um, for his purpose. Um, something I've been learning over several years, because sometimes we need to learn something over and over again, um, is that God's timing is perfect, um, and his timing is different than our own. Um, I have so many times wanted something to happen right away, whether that was um, something with a job or with moving or um, just anything, really. Um, you know, we get impatient um, but God told me to wait, and um, this wasn't like an audible thing of him telling me that, but just this feeling and this sense of like, this isn't the right time, kind of like how Adam was talking about last week of like, sometimes it's not the right season. Um, and I remember um, just feeling so frustrated, like how frustrating is that when God tells you um, that it's not the right time, that something will happen, um, but not yet, or that he might have something even better planned for you. And that can be really hard to believe when you feel like what you have planned is so great. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I. so going back a couple of years, um, I was living in Southern California, and I was working in a um, really stressful job. I had been there for about a year and a half, and I really wanted something else. I wanted to not be stressed all the time. And I felt like God was telling me to wait. And it was so frustrating. And I'm sure people around me thought that I was nuts. Like, why doesn't she just apply for jobs? Um, but I listened and I waited. And um, about six months after that, I felt like it was time to apply for jobs. And I found the company that I work for now, the agency. Um, and when I started working at that, um, it was still in Southern California. But when I started working there, I just felt like, wow, God, like this, you told me to wait and I listened and this is so much bigger and better than what I could have imagined for myself. This job is something I didn't even realize that I needed. Um, and then um, a couple months later, I found out that the clinic was going to close because Orange County didn't want to renew the contract and I was devastated. Like, what? God, how could you do this? Like, you led me here. You orchestrated all of this. I listened when you said, wait, and now it's just going to close. Like, what is this? Um, so I prayed about it a lot and and um, as I say, I opened all the doors like for job opportunities and prayed about it and said, God, just close the door that you don't want me to go through. Because I don't always trust um, that. I don't always trust of what I'm hearing from God. I sometimes think like, is that me? I don't Maybe you can relate. Um, and so I was like, just make it really clear. That's a lot of rejection, but I can take it. Um, and the door that was open was a job up here in Fremont. And I've been there now for three years. Um, and um, when I moved up here, I didn't have any friends or family in the area, and I knew I needed to find community. And so through a Google search, I found Sync. Um, and my second week, I got plugged into a life group. And it was just amazing how God surrounded me with good people and people who wanted to get to know me and encourage me and be friends with me um, and created an even better community than what I thought I had in Southern California. Um, so in all of that, um, I realized that that when we listen, when we're waiting, um, and when we're patient, that God really does come through. Um, and that being said, I've been experiencing this feeling of discontent over the last year or so, and it's been really hard to put my finger on it of like, what what am I unhappy about? Is it something in my job? Is it something else? I don't know. And I keep 
telling my friends, like, God is doing something big in my life, but I just can't figure out what it is. And it's really frustrating. <laughs> and there are days where I just feel really low and really upset about it, and days where I feel calm and like, it's okay, God, I trust you. You got this. Um, but I think that God has us go through these periods of discontentment sometimes. I don't know if that's a real word. I might have just made it up. Um, <laughs> or, um, yeah, he has us go through that to build our character and to build our faith um, and our relationship with him and to really rely on him. Um, yeah, so that being said, my last thoughts. Um, <laughs> so what I've been leaning on and um, what I'd like to encourage you with is um, just trust that he's guiding you. Um, that he has you, be willing to wait when he tells you to, um, and be patient that he has a bigger and better plan for you, um, better than what you can even imagine, what I can imagine, what any of us can. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I always, um, I'm always trying to figure out what God is doing in my life. Um, and my friends probably laugh at me sometimes. I'm like, maybe this is why God had me go through this, or maybe this is why I'm going through this. Um, but I feel like once I get to heaven, God's going to laugh at me because I'm looking at it sort of like when you look at the night sky and you're like, oh, I see the Big Dipper there or Orion's belt. Um, and God's going to be like, you thought that was all that was there. And then he's going to show me all the stars that were behind that. Um, hopefully that made sense. But um, yeah, he's in every detail and so much more than we can see and just trust that even if you can't feel him, he's there. Thank you.